0: Deep underground The Jelly Belly Factory, Beebe is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and
1: wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again. Is it cappuccino or liver and onions? Dare to compare. Boozled, 6th Edition, are you brave enough?
0: Deep underground The Jelly Belly Factory, Beebe is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of bean boozled. I've done it
2: again.
0: Is it pomegranate or old bandage?
1: Dare to compare. Boozled, 6th Edition, are you brave enough?
2: so i just keep writing i don't need no help i don't need opinion so don't waste my time
1: then. i just been living online. my city don't show me welcome
2: no back to another episode of the mile high pundit uh, this will be episode 15 uh on a much happier note tonight even though it is equally as late i'm gonna go ahead and bring in uh my co-host here jared how you doing dude
0: i am so excited to live five minutes from work so we're not doing this like midnight shtick anymore I mean, as oh, mu- yeah. as much fun as it is, I don't enjoy my 35 minute drive to work in the mornings, especially when we do podcast episodes this late. I mean, it, it sucks getting up, but I mean, it's always nice when we can recap a win instead of having to rip on the team for playing like, you know, dog meat.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it, it does make that drive in better. Uh, and, and you know, we do put you know, we put some work into it, and it might be a little bit less sleep, but uh, you know, at the end of it, it's just a better commute because of it. Or I'm just upset and stressed at traffic because we took a fat loss, but that's not going to be the case tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I'm excited, man. Just, just kind of getting into this one, uh, uh, just right here from the start, just just. <laughs> I mean we we had stressed on the last episode that the avs needed to uh respond. Uh as far as what you saw, I mean I mean, would you say just as far as just how they were playing, like good to go? I, I <laughs> that response? I, I wouldn't go as
0: far as good to go. I would say it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um I there were some things I loved tonight, there were some things I obviously hated. And I mean, I mean cuz we're we're not going to be true analysts here if we don't pick out good and bad. If we only look at the good then we're one-sided and we're homery. And yep. uh, the one thing I I still cannot stand is Colorado gets the lead and then just boom they want to give it up. And and I get it. I mean I mean Dallas was was buzzing all night. But I mean Colorado was buzzing too. This isn't a this is nothing new. But Colorado pops three in the second and then immediately turns around in the third and lets up three yes great response to not only tie the game but then win it and then get your insurance marker which by the way found this out from uh stats uh from stats on stats on twitter the car avalanche are the first team in nhl playoff history to give up two goal lead in the third period and then restore it and win by two it's the first wow. time ever 101 years at the NHL first time ever so that was quite interesting as well as Nathan McKinnon now holds solo now holds the record for the longest point streak to start a playoff year in Avalanche and Nordique's history at 11 games so I mean overall I I, I did like a lot of the Avs game I like the physicality the physicality was off the charts tonight I mean 72 hits I, I mean that's just phenomenal and I mean, you just, there was just a lot of guys out there who, who played with a purpose and you could tell that they were out there ready to grind all night. And, And I mean, Big credit to the defensive core of Makar, Graves, Cole, and Gerard because when Zadorov went down, they couldn't, they, they didn't, they didn't want to give in those minutes and those high pressure moments, especially coming off a four pim game for his first game, first first Stanley Cup playoff game this year. But I mean that that shot pass he had to Kadri was a thing of beauty too. So uh, overall, it's a step in the right direction. Am I pleased with how it went? Absolutely not. But at the same time,
1: it's a step in the right direction great just great analysis there um
2: just kind of going off what uh what you were saying especially just with with just the ebbs and flows of of just playoff hockey too in general if we're going to be because this was a game that had over 122 hits and i mean you're talking just high flying, you know, bunch of people hitting the boards. Uh, you had your classic uh, little jump scrum towards one of the periods at the end, and it had just a different feel just just from the get go. In my opinion, even though Dallas was up one zero at the end of one, I I wasn't nearly as worried as as it was for, for the last game, last two games.
0: I, I think the other big point here, too, is that the ABS have at least secured their spot into Sunday. We're going to get at least some more ABS hockey through Sunday. And, and, and that alone to me is worth it because now we're going to see, okay, if, if Colorado can hold on to this again, because Hudobin looked bad. He, he did not look good at all tonight. I mean, let's just, and Frankie didn't look great either. So this is not going to be a goaltending series. This is going to be whoever scores last series, which is fine. Yeah. that's completely fine with me. Uh, again, I'm going to lean back on. This is this is now the third straight game where Colorado has given up four or more goals, Re- regardless of empty netters, four or more before the end of regulation. This is not a this is not a recipe for success in the slightest. I mean, great, Colorado has just scored six. They put up three, and then they put up two. So they're at a whopping 11 goals. Well, Dallas has scored 14. Right now, Dallas is a better team, plain and simple. And, and, and they're doing it really without Tyler Sagan scoring and without Jamie Benn scoring. Yes, both them notched markers tonight. But outside of that, they've been kind of silent in the series, and that's my biggest concern, is that if those guys get hot, like we're seeing McKinnon, Rantanen, Landis Gog now really getting hot, it could be it it could be a little worrisome coming into game 4 on Friday night.
2: Yeah, I think game 4 especially with just how game game 3 ended tonight, game 4 is definitely going to be more just and, and for the ads, you got to worry about the war of attrition, but I'm just going to say a, a general war in itself uh we did get the 64 dub tonight just awesome showing um just 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 real quick before we sort of start to unpack all this uh jared who's kind of just like your unsung uh guy for for tonight
0: unsung everybody saw this dude kill my car. I mean that that move he put on Dickinson and then I forget who the who the defenseman I think I want to say it was uh Janmark I I mean that is uh, that is otherworldly because if you watch it, it when you watch the replay of of the Landis God goal in the second period at the at the 11-minute mark what, what McCarr does after he gets the pass from McKinnon is just stupid for a defenseman to do this is something you would expect to see McKinnon do and yeah. McCar has turned a living into this tomahawk move that, that's what the move is it's, it's a tomahawk it's a skating technique called the tomahawk where he opens up his body and then continue and then pushes off his back foot and continues going north-south instead of uh, feeding the puck out east-west, what he does is that he bluffs to Landiskog coming up the wall on a on a scissor play on a drop pass, and yeah. then carries it down the wall. I oh, no, he bluffed it to McKinnon. That's who it was. He bluffed it to McKinnon, which froze Dickinson on the wall completely. Whereas he, if Dickinson takes body there, yes, that play's probably over. But he doesn't. Yeah. And when he opens up and he tomahawks it out dickinson then switches to uh, so like i said i'm not positive but i want to say it was yanmark he switches to his defenseman he switches from his guy to his de- and defenseman now takes mccarr and mccarr literally just he's already got that head of speed because because he, he just opened up and kept pushing and drives it right to the net and gives landis all the time in the world to punch it through hoodobin's five hole I, I mean that play I, I I have Sports Center on my TV right now, but I haven't seen if Top Ten has popped up yet. I mean, it's only twelve thirty-three, so I probably got another twenty minutes or so before it pops up. Yeah, I will be shocked if that play is not in the top three. Well, at the same time, it won't because it's ESPN. But that is a, that's a top three play, hundred percent at the time.
1: Oh yeah,
2: and, and just the way that that Kale did that. I mean, I mean that was what we were looking. You know, that was what we were looking for. We were talking about this last podcast. I mean, just guys other than Nathan McKinnon stepping up. And for me, just the, the unsung guy, and in, in, in regards to just how things started
1: for the abs, I'm going to have to go uh, with Big Z. He started things off with, with a pretty goal and then a great assist to give us the lead.
2: And then unfortunately, you know, he he goes down with an injury, doesn't return for the third, which is worrisome because our 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 defense is already thin. But just as far as the, the initial impact and just kind of guys that usually don't, you know, you don't talk about having a big night, night in and night out. I would have to go with Sidorov. I mean I had a plus two two sh- shots on goal, five hits, a block, 10 minutes of ice time. I mean, he, he just kind of was that, that utility kind of mix and match type dude until his injury, and he, he was that guy that initially was getting us going, in my opinion, before, uh, before Kale just took it upon himself to uh, publicly embarrass uh, Anton Kadopin.
0: I, I I love that Big Z choice as well. I mean, and because c- Adora is not the guy you're going to think of to get the offensive production going. I mean, he's he's done it in the past. He's he's started games where uh, he started games off where he just lights a fire and just like whether it's a goal or whatever it might be. Uh, that's just that's what he does, and he just lets it fly and doesn't doesn't care what anybody says. He's just going to do it. So, and and the thing I saw from Zadorov on that play too was that that puck was rolling, and, and the way the defenseman's coming out is he's forcing that shot to Hudobin's right. So the defenseman's coming out to close off that what would what would be Zadorov's right, uh, Hudobin's left. He's coming out to he's coming out to close out that lane. But what yeah. Zadorov does is he actually gets it early enough to where. He can send it to Hudobin's left, his glove side, and Hudobin's going back to his blocker side, his right side, and and that's what handcuffed him. It wasn't the flipping puck, the the puck rolling, not not like not uh, a synonym for the f word. Um, but the puck was rolling after Zadorov shot it, and it, it wasn't the rolling puck that got Hudobin. It was the fact that he thought his defenseman had closed out already and forced that shot to his blocker side, and that's why Hudobin completely misread that puck. I mean, that was a brilliant shot by Zadorov, and I mean, albeit yes, he got hurt toward the end of the game, I mean a golden assist for a plus two tonight if he's out there and plays his usual 16-17 minutes, I, I don't know if this game gets to 4-4 or even 3-3 or even three, three.
2: This game is tied without Nikita Zadorov. I mean, plain and simple
1: And, and, and then, then the Dallas secondary took the lead assist too on the, yeah, and he had the secondary assist on the Burakovsky goal. But yeah, just it was one of the it reminded me of just how
2: good Zadorov can be just off that slap shot basically when he does line it up. Because albeit he he does have his whiffs, and it's like, oh man, like that would have been a good one. But he really got all of that one. I mean, great shot. And the Avs were, I mean, they they were just dialed in with the chances tonight, too. Um, I mean, Gerard had a couple, had one go off the post. um, And yeah, it, it just seemed like. When Dallas tried to bring the game down, which you knew they were going to do, kind of just you know slow it down, get some hits in, because at one point Jared, the Avs were out hitting, and this is just—I I think this was in the in the second when when the Avs just had that flurry uh, of goals to go up three to one, but they had already put fifty hits on them. Uh, the stars outhit the Avs in the third. They they kind of returned the favor, but the second period, the Avs, they, they just they looked they looked pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, but you it, knew it was coming. You knew it was coming at the same time. I'm yeah. like, okay, at the same time, it, it's like you're talking about. I, I mean, Namystnikov should not take uh, kind of a soft call, but you don't need to take a penalty like that going into the third. It, it, I don't know why a ref would call that because it is pretty soft. I mean, I thought he hit him. I didn't think it was a late hit. I thought it was more so just him finishing the play, him finishing the check.
0: It it was
2: a, a little it was bit that late. type of game. It, it was just a little maybe late. A, maybe a little bit late, but, but it was that type of game.
0: But, but in, here, here's what happens, though, in the eyes of the official, okay? Here's what happens. He's seeing this happen. He has a huge scrum at the end of the second period. What do you you have to take somebody because you just pulled all 10 guys in plus four officials into the scrum? So you ha, you have to take somebody at that point. And unfortunately, that's just what you have to do because that's where the game has led you now. And because this was probably the most physical game of the playoffs, I haven't looked at a ton of other series to see what their total hits are in a game. But I mean, 128 hits in a single game is astronomical i mean ju- just from this game alone i, w- I want to almost put money on the fact that colorado double and or tripled their hits from the last two games we played against dallas i, I, oh, I take that like I- i'd be willing to almost bet the farm on that one because i mean in in game two colorado only put up 29 hits okay so, there you go. There, there's your starting point. Colorado puts up 29 hits, and then in Game 1, Colorado only has... Colorado has 41 hits. So, 41-29 for, for 70. 70 hits. Colorado outdid that in one game. Now, here, here's my question to you, Joel, because this is where I, I, I want to see an opposite view on this. Yeah. With, with Colorado putting up 72 hits... Yes, they have a day off, uh, de facto day off tomorrow. I, I don't know if they'll skate or whatever.
2: Seeing It'll be as like how, a light skate, I think.
0: Something but. like that, yeah. Seeing as how they play tomorrow, or they play in two days, so that would be Friday. Yeah. Um, do, does this bode better for
1: Dallas or for Colorado that Colorado put up 72 hits in one game? <laughs> it was a game that... <laughs> That I thought we could play,
2: as far as just—I mean—the amount of hits when you see it statistically, it's like whoa. But when I when when I was when I was watching just the, uh, I mean I mean I came in about the second period, it was like, <laughs> I I mean. Just it felt like a regular flow, you know, regular hockey flow. As far as like a good hard fought playoff series, people going back and forth, their hits, uh, you know, just lots of good finishes on checks. As far as just who who that bodes well for, I, I mean, the Avalanche basically just they they took what they knew Dallas was going to throw them, and they gave it right back to them. and maybe it was a little bit bit of a message sent, but just with the fact that the apps are just depleted with our guys, because it was very evident when, you know, when Dallas came back and, and took the lead in the third, I mean, it was just like, you could tell we had guys in the defensive zone that needed rest that were for, for you know for all intents and purposes, you know they're gonna be tired just because it is a game that you put seventy plus hits, so and you're already down Johnson. You're down Sadorov at this point. Uh, and Dallas is starting to turn it up. So at the end of this game, just just with the rest, I I just really I, I, I personally I just hope that we can get guys like Donskoy and Calvert back if that happens,
1: then I think this bodes well for the Avs because Calvert's more of our physical presence than anything. But, uh, but what about you? Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm on the fence on this one because this is not Colorado's forte in the no. slightest.
0: This is not, no. this is not the, what the Avs are known for or even let alone what we have seen from Colorado. I, I mean, Kale McCarr had six hits tonight. The the dude was a man possessed. Ian Cole had four. That's kind of what you expect from Ian Cole. Yeah. Gabriel Landeskog had 12. Nachushkin had <gasps> eight. Jost had se- Tyson Jost had seven hits tonight. Remember how I was talking so much trash on Tyson Jost? Guess what? I still don't like him. But if he's going to do this, I'm okay with it. Because he's not exactly a huge forward. But, I, I mean the other big key that I really really like from tonight's game all six goals were scored by six different players on the lineup tonight
1: yep and you get Belmar with his first
0: Mm-hmm. and and Kadri gets Wish. off to Schneid which is awesome whether you want to call it a Schneid or not because yeah. he hadn't scored in a few games I mean Kadri getting that deflection goal tonight first off was huge because it broke the tie but it also came a minute and 52 seconds after Miko had just tied the game off that pass from uh McKinnon so yeah the game from from 902 left in from uh from 1058 left in the third all the way down to uh 606 left in the third had four goals in it by each team so we so now we know both teams can go on runs and and this is not nothing new we we've known colorado can go on a run we knew dallas can go on a run they proved it against calgary and i i had said this after game two that i was concerned that dallas was feeling themselves because they had just come off this unreal heater against calgary so but, but the th- the thing I've, I noticed tonight, when I was just kind of looking, natural stat trick is down tonight for reasons we're not going to get into. Um, the The big thing I noticed was that Cagliano is probably one of the few Dallas Stars players who are who, who's a minus through this whole series, and it's reflecting in his ice time because he's he's the only he was the only Stars player outside of a one of the one of their defensemen to play less than 10 minutes tonight. So, and, and let's just call spade a spade. Guryanov's goal in, to start the third was basically a power play goal because the power play just ended. I don't like how Frankie was positioned on that goal to begin with, but I'm just going to kind of leave that one be. Uh,
2: yeah. I, I will say... And that, was, that was on the heels of a back-to-back power play too. Yes. That and, was from going right into the third because of that Nemestikov late hit you know you get down in power play and then Scott gets sent to the box uh with some some Jamie Benn stuff <laughs> dude
0: uh, uh, here here's the one thing that just drives me absolutely up the wall about hockey in, in general yeah roughing might be the dumbest penalty in the world
2: oh it's ridiculous man
0: it, there's there's no standard even in the youth level there's no standard you don't know what's over the line until they call and then it's not consistent with that line and i i understand people were upset with with miko's cross check at the end of the game that led to the bell markle it directly led to the bell markle actually you know what i'm not at at the same time this game had so many cross checks and not a single penalty tonight was a cross-checking minor so i mean you had one two three four for roughing penalties like just give him a cross check give him a slide give him something other than roughing because it's just it's a cop-out penalty man it really is but i i i think a big trend we're going to start to see here is if colorado continues to play this really aggressive and really um i i I don't want to use the term higher energy but i'm it just it just doesn't seem right for it but really aggressive style with lots of hits sacrificing the body which includes throwing hits taking hits blocking shots i i, I think that colorado is going to vote a lot uh much better in this series if we continue to do that um uh, the power play is still a major concern to me i mean zero for three tonight and just it they didn't look good on it at all four on four i mean obviously Lane got scored on the four on four um, on the Alexiak and Cole roughing miners again, just stupid. Yeah. And um, but they they have got to they, they've they've got to take advantage of these power plays, man. I mean Dallas is a very undisciplined team, and they're proving it. And I mean, I mean game one, yeah, Colorado was Owen over one over one on that, but yeah man I just uh, the, the, the power play just screams it, it. It they gotta get something going I mean 0 for 3 game 1 like, great they were 2 for 8 in game 2 so make them 2 for 11 and then add in tonight you're now 2 for 14 that is not the power play we've seen this whole, this whole playoff run at all and that's just it's not gonna be good enough and we all know it's not gonna be good enough
1: well
2: from what from what I think here, I mean the main line that was giving us problems. the The main line from Dallas that I think was giving us the most problems, unfortunately, and I don't know why this is. It's just the stupidest thing, but it's been the Como it's it's been the Como uh, Cagliano line. And I don't know why. I mean, you know, you know that they've they've got good good players in and you know, Pavelski and uh, and Sagan. And Sagan went right out and, and got his just right off the bat, made it 1-0. And uh, you know, you you could almost feel like that Dallas sort of hype train the NBC announcers were like, Well, like you know what happens when when uh You know, Tyler Sagan scores first. You know, that that top line's really getting going. And the Avs just, they played... I'm not going to say a perfect game, but they played their most complete game of hockey this series. And it ended with a win. I mean, despite Como having that unassisted goal towards the end and what Cogliano's done, Cogliano was a minus two tonight... And coma was a minus one, and then you also had Dickinson with a minus three because
1: McCarr was just manhandling him all night. So the the, the going to remain, like like what is what what is it going to take to to have to have Colorado really iron it out
0: here and batten down the hatches you know what i mean because this is this is just kind of getting to one of those points where we're looking at this going what the heck i mean yes colorado still has a 27.1 power play percentage phenomenal one out of four this power play is not clicking at one out of four right now that's the problem and I just, I don't know, man. Like, this is one of those where if, if Colorado's power play gets going, we're going to be really, they're going to be off to the races and they're, and this might, this series will turn on its head. Because it, it, if Colorado takes game four on Friday night, I know I'm kind of running off on like four different tangents, but Jesus. Um, if Colorado takes game four on Friday night, we're now looking at a best of three series. And if Colorado can get that kink in the armor and then get last change again, because, he, here's the trend, the team with the last change is somehow still winning these games, which makes no sense to me. But, it, if Colorado can get it back to a best of three series, and keep up the physical play, and, I, I mean, because games, games five and six are back to back, they're a Saturday-Monday setup which I I don't understand you have so much more time right now there's no need to play it back-to-back but if they have to play that back-to-back then we th- that would be where I could see this series going to seven
2: Can you really break down this Dallas Stars team Jared and granted the Avs did play uncharacteristic but maybe that's what it's gonna have to take good teams will have to adapt
0: yeah, you're not wrong, and, and
2: I mean, we ripped apart their finesse. Their finesse. I don't even know. I don't even know if I can call it hockey for the first two games for us. Um. So you. But tonight was much better played, in my opinion.
0: I, I agree. I mean, and for for the listeners at home, I just want you know, I just had a complete mind kerfuffle because I had muted my headset apparently in the midst of talking about all of this and didn't hear a <laughs> single word Joel said so now I'm going to have to go back and listen to all this again when I oh, you'll enjoy it when I cut, when you'll I cut enjoy this.
2: That. and I'm going to end with this Miro Heiskanen with a minus three gets absolutely crossed by and to end the game that's yeah. an energy right there going into game four bro
0: yeah i mean i mean just really quick how much how much did you I, I'm actually, catch of mine
2: <laughs> i'm actually really excited for you to listen to that um especially just on your on your commute tomorrow it would be like a nice little surprise it'll be like a joel hot take for you
0: yeah i mean i mean like how, how much of mine did you even catch like was there like none of it that probably came through because i clicked a button on discord and screwed everything up
2: Oh, um, I, I didn't hear you at all.
0: Yep, see, that's my point. I was just so, literally talking the whole time. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Anyways, I'm going to I'm gonna have some fun editing tonight, that's for sure. Um,
2: but, yeah. Uh, I mean, but, I mean, yeah, it, and, and Lindell with a minus one, Alexiak with a minus one. I mean, they did what they needed to do. And when, when Dallas came at them with, hey, you know, we're going to chip you. We're going to basically do everything we can just to knock you off your game. The Avs answered back. And they told them, quite frankly, to quit playing that way with that cross with Heiskanen because our guys are depleted. And quite frankly, like, I think they're, they, they got a little bit tired of that tonight.
0: Yeah, and... I mean we should all, we should all probably give some props to Logan O'Connor and Kevin Connaughton for coming in and stepping up and playing some they had some big shoes to fill that's for sure especially Connaughton. um oh yeah and, and they just came out and played really well I liked Logan O'Connor's game I I didn't I didn't notice Kevin Connaughton, which is a good which is usually a good thing if I don't notice you it's probably because you did okay or <laughs> I wasn't expecting much, so I didn't notice you, anyways. But I mean, from what I saw from O'Connor, he was he was just absorbing hits, and he was getting the puck deep every chance he could with the on the fourth
1: line. I mean, just overall, I I I liked his game a lot tonight. Yeah, he, you know, LOC. There's a reason why
2: people like watching him so much in Loveland. I mean, the dude's a gamer. Um, it's evident from, you know, he only played seven minutes of ice time. But again, just just me kind of being. Uh, just that Eagles guy too. It, it's you, you see him on the ice. You're like, all right, like you you know he's not going to get a lot, so he has to make you know every minute count. And he was engaging guys, you know, trying 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 to, try to fight guys. Just just trying to just make his stamp on the game because he knew he wasn't going to come in and, and you know if he was at, at the right place at the right time, maybe do some heroics like he has done for the avalanche in the past because he has he has played for them before um but just evident you know just him being in his first playoff uh playoff game he did extremely well
0: yeah i fully agree um
1: really quick in in closing uh what's your prediction for game four game four i and just purely because i'm still just
2: i i think the abs are gonna tie it up i mean just we, we got a little bit of mojo here going they actually looked you know they, they looked like they looked okay in the first and then in the second, they looked pretty good, minus the penalties. And in the in the third, they did something that I hadn't seen them done, them do before. So regardless of Dallas having, you know, that last change, that's just Jared Bednar mixing up his lines tonight, which Dallas, uh, I'm not sure if Dallas was expecting that, but he broke up the big three and he moved Landeskog down to the second line. It, and if you can just keep Dallas, you know, on its toes like that, they don't have that depth. You know, people might think that they do because they have had some, some weirdly fluky goals this series, but they don't really have that depth, I don't think. And I think because of that, and because the Avs now know that they can win, if it's down three zero, we're getting swept. But not, not. I think we're going to tie it up now. I, I really do. It, it was funny. I, I think know. it's going to be. Good. Uh, uh, just, uh, just a quick, just final score here. I'm gonna go with four two.
0: Bold. Um. Yeah, I was. I, I was looking. It was funny. I was on the ride home, and I called my fiance because she she's uh, leaving for Florida tomorrow yeah. afternoon, and and we were talking about the game because because The game was still going when I was leaving work, and she and she was like, She literally texted me, and then I called her and she she's like, Do you see the ask score? I was like, No, she's like, Yeah, don't look at it. I was like, Oh boy, here we go. And I looked at it, of course, because I don't know what I'm doing. It is 4 4. And and she she said something because we had said it on the last podcast, I had said it on the last podcast, and and she, she was like, You know, if Colorado loses, it gets swept, right? I was like, Yep. I said that last week and she's like, I know. Where do you think I got that information? So she does listen. That's very great to hear. So it's always <laughs> nice to know she actually does listen to these podcasts because most times I feel like she doesn't. And she just Shout tells me she does. Here. So it's always good to hear that she does. But yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm in the same boat here of the if, if the Avs can continue the way that they just played and, and and really just batten down the hatches and just really play that physical it out game and and let your superstars do superstar things let mckinnon do his thing let rants do his thing let mccarr do his thing i mean i mean cars mccarr's gonna muck and grind with the best of them anyways but yeah. if if you let mckinnon get out into space and let him get his legs free like he did tonight because he he got open quite a bit especially on that uh on on rants goal to tie the game I, I mean if if mckinnon doesn't get on his horse and catch that puck I mean, there, there was another instance in the second period too, where he jumped up on a two-on-one with, with with Graves after Graves poked the puck ahead to him, and I I have expected, and I think that actually is what led McKinnon to pass the puck to Randon in the third because he took the shot and it just it wasn't a good shot, and I think he realized I mean,
2: it that was, it, it was it was bringing that up. And it was during a change, um, I believe. And Highskinnen just did not have a good game tonight, which I loved seeing that. Exactly. I'm um, I'm I'm not as he, optimistic
0: as I, you, by the way. So like, my my score is gonna be a little bit different. Okay. Um, I I'm going
2: like I'm saying four two off like an empty net. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A yeah, three yeah. two game.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 not nearly as optimistic as you to win by two. Um, I'm I'm gonna kind of reecho the things I said in the Arizona series where Game Four goes to overtime. Okay. And it's going to be a shootout game. Like it's going to be an absolute shootout. And it's gonna All be right. six, six five in overtime. I, I like like I just said, this is not a defensive series. This has yet to show me that this is gonna be a defensive series. The the day that I admit that this is a defen- that this was a defensive series or at least had some defensive games in it is a one nothing game. That will be the only time I will admit that, because if we're seeing this many shots and this many hits, this is more of a physical game than it is a defensive game, because there's not a ton of block shots. There's not a ton of shots on goal even, but when there are a lot of hits, this is more of a physical series
1: rather than the true defensive series like we're used to seeing. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it was it was stressful watching it, um, but at the same time, it it just
2: makes you appreciate just the the game of hockey that much more. Uh, Jared, any uh, any any final takes, or or if you had to give three stars for it tonight, who would it go to?
0: Oh man, um, but, I mean. Third star would probably have to be. Oh gosh, man, I don't even know. I mean, just just from what I was seeing from the game, um, I I, I know for sure that I I have Mac and McKinnon in there as two of the stars, probably one and two, um, respectively. I Macar mean, and Mac. Yeah, McCar one, Mac two. I mean, just with, I, I mean, McKinnon had another two point night. Dude was on fire. Five five shots and, and McCarvo with three points, was a plus two with only a shot on goal. We had six hits as well. And, I mean, and, and McKinnon played 23 minutes and six seconds of, of hockey night, so that was pretty good. Was, I mean, really good on him,
1: but I mean, it, it's, it's going to sound like such a,
0: it's going to sound like such a weird take, but Burakovsky's my third star. And Berkowski this was the game that he needed to get going and because if you remember when he broke the seal in game oh god I want to say it was like game three against Boston in the regular season so it was like early on the season where he netted the, the game winner against Boston against Yaroslav Halak yeah he went on a stretch of scoring like in six straight games he had the ot winner against arizona that i remember very well i mean if if he gets going which hopefully this is his jumping off point where he just really starts to fly because i would much rather have him up with miko and mckinnon rather than landis because i think that opens up so many more opportunities i understand having landis on that line to kind of be your, your your gritty guy McKinnon can get in there and, and muck it out. rants can get in there, and so can Burra. But I, i yeah, I think Burkowski would have to be my third star tonight.
2: Well, I mean, I mean, that's what. So that's what Bednar actually ended up doing. Um, Burkowski did end up moving up to that first line, and he did drop Landy to the second line, and then he would double shift Ranton and, and McKinnon sometimes. Um,. So that top line, you know, to start the game, it was, or he didn't. He didn't start with that top line, but when when they came on the ice, it was Burakovsky, Burakovsky, Rantanen, and McKinnon. And you know that just playing with guys like Miko and Mac, it's worked for Burakovsky this season. I mean, that was kind of the whole sentiment of him, just even getting going you know, during the season. Uh, but for me, I mean, just great to see that. And then also great to see uh, just Landis Hog being there at the right time and um, truly just taking that captainly role with that, with those 12 hits, because you don't see that often. Um, I think he really, you know, he, 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 he took some of that outside noise to heart uh, for sure. The entire team did. But for me, the the three stars of the game, uh, and, and my brain's just like completely shut off. So I'm just going to do in nor, no particular order. But I have to have Rantanen in there somewhere because what he did at the end of this game was just outstanding. With especially with you know people were saying that the abs weren't weren't playing with a tough physical edge. What do you do when the game's on the line? What, do you, what would Dallas have done? You know, Dallas would have put that cross on Miko. If it, uh, Dallas would have put that cross on one of our defensemen if, if the game was on the line in that way for them. Miko went up, delivered it, and then gave Belmar his first and easiest playoff goal. And that's just pure leadership. That's what you want your top line guys to do. That's what you want your guys not named Nathan McKinnon to do. I have to give one star to Miko. Um just just in my opinion. Uh for me, Kale get the second star just because he had some awesome, awesome heroics and he did make Kadobin look like a fool. Uh, the abs just did in general, sort of when it came down to it, and likewise with Pavel, uh, for Frankie, you know, he hasn't quite found a way to get going. Um, but he knows that his team is behind him and he knows that his team can now outscore these guys, which is great confidence for, uh, for him. So third star off to go with Mac. Just because, I mean, what he's been doing has been incredible. And uh, yeah, I'll probably just I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, super excited to get into uh, just Friday's game in general. Um, as far as everyone here, our listeners, thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys have a good good rest of your week. Uh, let's hope this energy can rub up can, can rub off on the Denver Nuggets as well. Um, and. Yeah, I'm losing control, but I can't let it go because I'm trying to get more. And I've been in the moment, I've been in the zone, and I'm moving alone. I don't pick up the phone with my family, call up been doing it wrong. And I don't know what's happening, trying to get what I've just been imagining. Getting close, and I've just been examining all of the faces. The game has been packaging. I've been keeping real, I've been doing what I feel like, and now he's trying to kill. to the people are so close-minded they go into school and they work in a job but they don't even like it i won't be put in a box nobody telling me what i should rock nobody telling me what i should drop because i do what i want and just know i don't stop recording till four in the morning they snoring i'm pouring my soul into every story i'm writing producing i mix it i'm master i'm building my craft and i'm not looking back i've been going doing things away.